Make March Madness a moneymaker with MyBookie. Getting started is easy. Visit MyBookie online and use promo code ZABE to receive a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Grab your extra funds now and for a limited time, claim a free entry into the $150,000 MyBookie Madness Bracket Contest for a chance at the big money. If you're the type of guy who likes to fill out multiple brackets to get an advantage, you can do that too. The price of entry is less than an Uber, all for a shot at life-changing amounts of moolah. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and simple to win and simple to get paid, like MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Today on the Zabecast, from Vegas to Phoenix, you know it's a rough life, but somebody's got to do it. I got notes and anecdotes from my Pro Bowl games listener weekend in Vegas, plus thoughts on the Chinese spy balloon that we popped over Myrtle Beach, a travel recommendation or two, and maybe the dumbest missed flight story you've ever heard. Your bonus 30 minutes of me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. (laughs) Here we go. Monday, February 6, 2023. Thank you for downloading and welcome to the Valley of the Sun. I have arrived in Scottsdale, Arizona, staying in my parents' winter getaway condo here. Uh, people always ask, where do they stay? Where are they at? Well, I mean, not that you're going to come look for me, but uh, they are right by McCormick Ranch. For those that know the area, and they've been coming here for I don't know how many years for the winter. They love it. Uh, my mom's sister and my mom's brother uh, from California winter here in Phoenix, and they're right in the neighborhood next to them. And they go walking together, and they get together, and the grandkids come. I mean, it's a it's a good thing. It's a good thing. I'm uh, glad to be out here this week. Radio Row. I am going to go to Radio Row at some point this week. I can't exactly say when, and I promise you, I will not subject you to any shitty interviews the benefit of me using stuff on the podcast from radio row is that i'm only going to give you something if it's good if i catch someone good if i get a good interview i'll use it here otherwise you're not going to be subjected to it oh by the way i'm not doing my morning show which is in like four hours basically out here from uh, arizona Uh, i'm not doing my morning show from radio row because it'll be 5 a.m local time and uh, nobody's going to be there so I'll be doing it from the fine Fox Sports Radio affiliate out here in Arizona. So do tune in then. Anyway, I have for you one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirty, forty, eighteen different items. So let's get with the cut list. Cut one, thirty-eight steps. Thirty-eight steps. As many of you know already being followers of mine on Twitter. I missed my flight to Vegas out of National Airport on Friday morning by 38 steps and 10 seconds, maybe. Dumbest thing ever. For those who don't know the story, I'm sitting there, I'm noshing on a muffin comfortably an hour and 20 minutes before the flight's due to leave at gate C-31, Reagan National Airport, American Airlines, direct flight to Vegas. I even paid $89 for the extra legroom exit row seat. 
I'm good to go. I'm sitting there. I'm noshing on my muffin. I keep looking up at the corner. I can see gate C31 over in the corner. I didn't go to the gate, which turned out to be my fatal mistake, but I see it over there and I'm keeping an eye on, are they starting to line up to board? And it's American, so it doesn't use the Southwest model. They use smaller groups, but I'm keeping an eye on it. Meanwhile, I am listening to announcements that are blaring over the speaker system, clear as day, for a bunch of other flights in that terminal that day. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, the American Airlines Flight 461 to Cincinnati boards in 22 minutes. Boards in Various other announcements. Never once heard my flight. Didn't think much of it. I thought, nah, could be delayed. Flights are delayed all the time, and I keep glancing up. And my view of the gate area of C-31 is a bit of obstructed by maybe a column or I forget what it was, but I could kind of see it, kind of not. I didn't think twice. I then get engrossed in my laptop trying to figure out some dumb thing with whatever was going on. And then I look up. I'm like, damn, when are they going to announce my flight? And I notice that my 741 flight, it is now 731. Actually, 745 a.m. flight. It's 731. And I go, oh, shit. This, this thing might be... Uh, am I going to be the last one on? I still wasn't totally panicked. I'm like, all right, I'm going to come straggling out of the end, which I've done before. But as I get closer to the gate, I see the dreaded words on the big TV screen, flight closed. And I run to the door and the door closes, literally steps in my face. I start banging on the door. Whoa, 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 whoa. Someone else says, don't bang on the door, sir. And I'm like, great, I'm going to be put on an FAA watch list because of this. I'm begging with whoever's left there in the gate area. Oh, my God, why why didn't you announce this flight? What's going on? Apparently, they were announcing it on a much quieter speaker that was only in the immediate gate area of old C-31. And they did not announce it to the rest of the gate area. Certainly not the little food and beverage kiosk dining area where I was sitting. The only reason I was sitting there is because I had a table, had a, had a chair and a table to put my laptop on much more comfortable than sitting in one of those black chairs. Son of a bitch. So I go, they say, you got to go talk to the uh, customer service rep. I run over there. I basically cut in front of, although probably legally I had the right to, cut in front of a group of six travelers, a whole family, that had also just missed the flight because they were making a connection from Syracuse. They're like, what? What's going on? You didn't hold the flights 15 minutes early. Well, that's another thing. Apparently, American closes the door 15 minutes early. Didn't know that was the case. Um, anyway, so I... Uh, Oh, yeah, this almost happened to me coming back from Scotland. That's right. God, I couldn't believe that. That was a scary one. I learned, yeah, don't assume that the actual time is the time. And don't assume they're going to announce it on the speakers either. So the woman is like, all right, you know, see what I can. She's like, next flight I can get you through Dallas is at 845. I'm like, okay, great. That's only an hour doing good so far. I see that on my phone, it pops up an alert that says, you know, you're booked on this flight through Dallas, 
I'm like, okay, great. I'm halfway to Vegas. And then she proceeds to start typing a Stephen King novel on that clackety keyboard. Okay, we get it. And it's punctuated by intermittent sighs. And I'm like, fuck. I'm not going to get to Vegas for a day and a half at this rate. Turns out I did get a decent connector through Dallas. Only cost me an hour and a half, hour, two hours. Got on standby. She said she couldn't log me in. That was what it was taking so long. But, I mean, it was 10 minutes of nerve-wracking typing. But... Anyone else that's had something like this happen, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email. One of the junkies, I believe EB, uh, this is a radio show in D.C. for those that don't uh, live in the D.C. area. He tweeted me that he missed a flight once deliberating over a candy bar a little bit too long and that his radio partner, Cakes, got on the flight, but he was left behind. (laughs) I'm like, wow, you just one-upped my full house of stupid with full house stupid aces high because that's even worse, I think, although mine might be. So, I, by the way, the 38 steps, I counted. Counted. It's like one, two, three, four, five, six. That's all it was. So there you go. Live and learn. Only the third dumbest thing, though, I've ever done flying. The number... This was the third dumbest thing I've ever done. Missed my flight, eating a muffin. The second dumbest thing was I once left my wallet in the seat back magazine pocket and then left the plane, deboarded, didn't realize until I was halfway to the curb. Oh, shit. I go fight my way back upstream, get to the gate, beg the agent, like, please, you got to help me here. They're like, the door's closed. I see that the plane itself has been pushed back and detached from the boarding tunnel. It was only at that moment that the gate agent got on the phone, called the pilot, hung up and said, okay, the pilot, they've got it on board. The pilot's going to toss it out the window to the baggage handlers. I'm like, what? apparently there's small little windows that can open in the cockpit of a major jetliner, which blows me away. I'll have to talk to my pilot friends about that and get the skinny on it. But that was the second dumbest thing I've ever done. The number one dumbest thing I've ever done is I once flew Spirit Airlines by choice. Dumbest thing ever. Don't do that. Cut to balloon attack. Wow, what a story this was. The Chinese weather balloon or the Chinese spy balloon that they swear, we promise, is not a spy balloon. It's a weather balloon that just veered off course. Oh, really? It's funny because when these stories come out, and by these stories, I mean any kind of big story that has a lot of juice to it, there's usually three different routes the story can go, or three things, three possible outcomes. And I would roughly categorize them, and I'd say roughly because it's not exact all the time, but I would roughly categorize them as follows. Category one is Occam's razor. Occam's razor is most often the simplest explanation is the right explanation. 
And the simplest explanation would be, yes, it was a Chinese weather balloon. Now, nobody believes that because China is very devious and duplicitous, and we know the shit that they do. So it's like, right, weather balloon that just got off course, right. The second path is the most sort of salaciously appealing answer to a story that we don't quite know the full details on that kind of catches the mainstream's attention, or in other words, the narrative. The narrative answer is something that they go, okay, this would make sense. Uh, I would compare it to the Penn State Joe Paterno case in which the narrative formed so quickly, made so much sense that it was hard to shake people from believing, well, yeah, of course the football coach covered up for the coordinator who was molesting kids in the shower because he wanted to win. Win at all costs, even though he was supposedly sweet, lovable Joe Pa. Well, it turns out that there was way more to it, and I don't believe that Joe Paterno did that at all. But anyway, the, the, second, the, so the second track on this would be, yes, it's a spy balloon, and I can't believe they did it, but they did it. And we are so weak in the Biden administration. They're such pussies by not shooting it down right away. Who knows what secrets they could be scooping up with that weather balloon. The only problem is, I had this back and forth on a text thread with buddies. I'm like, you know, they got satellites that can read license plates. What, what, what is a weather balloon grabbing? What is that balloon with that thing up there grabbing? Well, it could be all kinds of things. You don't know. Okay. You know that uh, <laughs> China has TikTok, which has who knows how many tens of millions of users in the U.S. scooping up data left and right. You do know that, right? They got satellites. They got TikTok. Uh, you do know that they had a sitting, they still have a sitting U.S. congressperson, even though he's not doing it anymore, who was sleeping with a Chinese spy, <laughs> Eric Swalwell. They got boots on the ground. They got satellites in the air. They've got TikTok. They got uh, Fang Fang. I mean... <laughs> What intelligence would they be getting? Okay, well, maybe they wanted to send a message like, hey, look at how we can fuck with you. What are you going to do about this? We'll just send a balloon over your way. Okay? So a spy balloon that's visible to the naked eye by civilians that we're going to easily see. Hmm. Interesting. Of course, the other interesting wrinkle is that uh, uh, the U.S. apparently did not want to announce that this was the case. The Biden administration didn't. They knew about it entering airspace on the 28th, kept it under wraps, and it was only blown because the newspaper in Montana was like, what the fuck is this balloon doing up here? So then they had to come clean. Now there's people saying, oh, this happened under Trump, too. And there's other defense officials saying, nah, that nah, didn't happen under Trump. Okay, so wait, it happened under Trump, but they were too high to see, and there was no one out else out there to report on it or the media did know but they for this one case they didn't want to embarrass trump and make him look weak and i okay now we're getting deep into the does this make any sense of course the other part of my text thread with my buddies was it, it could be an emp that'll knock out our power grid oh it could be a bioweapon it i'm like they got icbms we got icbms Bioweapon. I believe 
uh, one of the scariest bio intentional bio attacks was uh, I think there was a ricin attack in the Japanese subway once. And if you really wanted to launch a bio attack, you just find one human asset willing to do the job that goes coughing and wheezing and rides the subway all day for a severely contagious pathogen or just lets it waft out of his or her briefcase or purse. You don't need a fucking balloon. So that would be the second angle, that this was indeed a spy balloon. China's a bad actor, and Biden is weak because he didn't shoot it down. But it happened under Trump as well, but we didn't know about it. And of course, what do we really know? Because if the government was going to sit on it until the Montana newspaper said it's up there, how can you trust anything? The third track on a lot of these stories is usually the, oh, fuck, I didn't see that one coming. Wow, that's almost exactly the opposite of what I thought it would be or the opposite of what the public narrative has fallen in love with. And that case would be, it could have been our balloon. (laughs) Maybe they didn't shoot it down at first because they're like, oh, fuck. We're spying on Americans with stuff that can't be done by satellite. We're intercepting cell phone signals. We're doing this, doing that. It's an FBI thing. It's a CIA thing. It's who knows what thing. And this was not authorized by Congress, this program, this balloon program. And so now we're like, shit, what do we do? What do we do? How do we do it? That would be the third track to it. What do I believe? I don't fucking know. Because I haven't read enough of this. I've just caught snippets of it. But I'm not freaking out about, oh, it's a test run for an EMP attack. Again, China doesn't want to ruin America. They want to own it. They're playing the long con. They're buying this country. Don't you understand? Of course you do. You're smart listeners to the Zabecast. You have a brain, most of you, and I appreciate that. They're, they're el- the kids of the elites go to our universities. It's why the endowments at Harvard and Stanford and Yale and everyone else are so flush with money. It's Chinese money. They, they want to buy up our lobster fisheries. They want to buy land all over the country. They want, they want to own us. They don't want to fuck us up. At least I think that's the case. Well, maybe it's Red Dawn all over again. I don't know. Johnny, get your gun. We'll see what happens. Cut three. The Pro Bowl games. How were they, Zabe? Did you enjoy them? Did you go? I didn't go. Full confession. I had to fly down here to Arizona to cover the Super Bowl, and I, relieved, I, I, I said to Drew and KB, I said, take our listeners, uh, Jimmy Two-Thirds McCabe, and uh, my man Kurt Schwey, a couple of really good dudes, former Marquette Golden Eagles engineers, smart guys, fun guys, normal guys, family men, you name it, and uh, they went to the Pro Bowl games with Drew and KB. I saw the clips. I read about it. It was as lame as I knew it would be. As I said to you guys last week, if you think the foot, the tackle game had become half-assed and disinterested, wait till you see when it's only flag football, just how half-assed and disinterested it is and will be. On the one hand, 
they felt like they had to do something. This whole weekend with all the silly games and stuff they did, it's the type of thing that gets greenlit by people who don't really understand sports, by the dweebs and marketing and sales in a big corporation that go, I've got an idea. Why don't we have, um, who's that really fast wide receiver for the Dolphins? Uh, Tyrese Hill, is that his name? Yes. We could do a contest where he does this, and then we could have the, we could have flag football if these guys are afraid of getting hurt. The problem with flag football is it's not football. The nuclear essence of football, as I've said before, is fear and pain. The fear of, oh, shit, can I really tackle this big, mean, nasty fellow man? standing next to me or across from me or block him? Can I run away from this guy? Holy shit, this guy's scary. Fear and pain. Football is so violent. Broken bones, jacked up, broken necks, concussions, you name it. All that shit hurts. And I've said before, there's nothing wrong with young girls playing flag football. They had in fact, the girls under what 17 flag championship being played before the games, for, before the NFL players came out on Sunday. I was watching the hotel room on Sunday morning. That's great. Okay. But again, it's not football. It's football-ish. But until you've been physically tackled in a football game involving helmets and pads, you don't really know what the game is about. I played one year of organized football. Had to beg my mom to let me play it. She didn't really want me to play. But I said, I, I feel like it was something I had to do. It's 12 years old. I played Little League Baseball. Uh, and I wanted to give football a try. I was not a big kid. I was not particularly tough or athletic or violently oriented. But I said, I want to try it. And I'm glad I did. And I never played. I played offensive line, believe it or not. <laughs> Not that I was a big dude or anything, but it's like they had to put me somewhere, right? And so I never carried the ball, never got tackled. But I did know and I did understand that, oh, shit, you know, we're all here. We got pads and you're supposed to block each other and this guy tackles and blah, blah, blah. But playing in Sandlot games, when you got tackled really hard by, like, say, Jimmy Economist, Greek kid who just hit like a dump truck, you felt that fear. The essence of football is not flag football. That's running around. <laughs> I mean, they had bucket hats on. I mean, come on. And the thing is, what the NFL dorks in marketing and sales don't understand is that it's probably not a good idea to have a you know event that reminds fans, flag football, of what the real game is becoming more and more which is this move towards, oh, it's got to be safer. Sure, we don't need gratuitous injuries or stuff that you know can otherwise be legislated out of the game, but it's getting to the point of being ridiculous. They talked this week about how the drop hip tackle might be under consideration to be outlawed. This would be a tackle in which you're trying to drag somebody down and you can't do it, so you let go of your own feet and then you land on the legs of the guy who's still running and you can't bring him down, resulting in severe ankle injuries for players like, say, 
Patrick Mahomes. Whenever there's a rule change about tackling or defense, I guarantee you it's because a high-profile show pony quarterback got hurt. That's how the Brady rule. When Brady's knee got blown out on a low hit, next thing you know, up oh, strike zone just got smaller for quarterbacks. Too bad. If 2024 is the year you're jetting off to a new country or even just want to expand your language skills beyond English, then I urge you to check out Rosetta Stone today. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program for over 30 years. Why? Because it works. Instead of drilling vocabulary words, with Rosetta Stone you learn by matching audio from native speakers to visuals, reading stories, participating in dialogues, and other practical language skills that fast-track your ability to communicate fluently. Not only is it a more effective way to learn, it's more fun. Rosetta Stone's advanced voice recognition technology gives you feedback on how well you pronounce words. Other language learning apps use speech recognition to detect what you said. Rosetta Stone tells you how well you said it. Rosetta Stone offers 25 languages with lessons available on your computer, phone, or tablet. And with a lifetime membership, you get forever access to all the lessons for all the languages and never pay a renewal fee. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, ZabeCast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So there was that story. There was also the story where the NFL is going to expand the use of their stupid cushioned beanie caps that they used for certain position groups in training camp. Great. So more egghead helmets in training camp. The move is further and further away from what makes football great. Tackling and athleticism. And yes, the confrontation of and the overcoming of fear and pain. It's the only sport that traffics in, the, in it to this degree. Yes, in hockey, there's certainly elements of it for sure. You can get hit in hockey. You can get hit by a puck in hockey. Guys in the playoffs routinely go down on their stomachs to block shots, which is bonkers insane. But football, it's every play, every man, 60 minutes. Fear 
and pain, and you got to overcome it. And that's why it's so compelling. So to play flag football, it's just – I don't think it's sustainable. I think this is going to further deteriorate, and then the NFL is going to have to make a decision of, well, what do we do? The salespeople say we can sell this and this and this activity. We've got to get the stars together for something. We've got to recognize the de facto all-star teams. Even though we're not playing a game, what do we do? And they're going to have to figure something else out. I think there's better things you could do with the players, more interesting things, such as I'd love for a panel of players, let's say four guys, to get there on a stage with a giant screen behind them and show some plays from particular games, especially games that the players on stage were involved in, and then have them talk about the plays and talk about the moments that happened to have somebody help moderate the discussion to go, okay, like say you could get the Bills and the Vikings, two guys from the Bills, two guys from the Vikings, come on, and they could go through the game. The probably the best game of the year in terms of excitement. And you could hear them say, well, okay, Josh Allen can say, all right, well, here, I think I'm going to sneak it out. And they show the replay. Here's what's happening. And I checked out to the receiver on the right. He wasn't in the right position. So it says that, okay, fuck it. I'm just going to take a sneak and get us some positive yardage. Next thing I knew, I'm losing the ball. And they play it over and over. They laugh. They talk some shit. I'd watch that. But is it sponsorable? by, you know, children's gummies or whatever corporate sponsors they've lined up for whatever silly games they've got at the Pro Bowl games experience thingamajig. Football fans would love football stuff. But as the kids say, this ain't it. Cut for Rodgers, the sandbagger. Congratulations, Aaron Rodgers. You won the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am as a 10 handicap. Really? A 10? Apparently, they used Rogers' handicap on 27 out of 36 holes. That his pro missed the cut, and yet his team still won. I don't know how they're calculating Rogers' handicap, but he ain't a 10. No chance. <laughs> Anyone in America who plays golf regularly that has seen Rogers swing, who knows what kind of athlete he is, would not play him for a $2 Nassau as a 10. But that's what he did. So he seemed pretty happy. Good for him, living his best life. Afterwards, Amanda Balionis was saying, so did you hear all the fans chanting where you might be going next year? And what are they speculating? And what kind of Colors come to your mind? You know, is there anything she was trying to goad it out of him? And Rogers was smirking and laughing and giggling and talking about how many chants he heard about the Raiders. He had said on the day one, he's you know, somebody shouted out on one of the tee boxes. He said, "What are you going to do this off season?" He said, after backing away, "I'm not going to San Fran." It's remarkable because if you were in a coma and just coming out of it, and you were told oh, yeah, this guy has a contract this year to be a Packer again, which he has said before he'd love to retire a Packer. Respects the iconicness of the franchise and the amazing years and the Super Bowl he won with the Packers. Would love to retire a Packer, he said. Would you believe a guy who would be giggling about, oh, yeah, they were saying all these other teams I might go to with Amanda Balionis when he has a 
signed contract to come back to the Packers next year at $60 million. I mean, what world are we living in? This is why even guys like me who have been Rodgers today, Rodgers tomorrow, Rodgers forever, we're finally done. It's like you clearly don't really care about being a Packer that much. Otherwise, you could have just said, of course I'm playing and of course I'm coming back. We've got unfinished business. He loves this. He loves this speculation. He loves the game of where am I going to play? What's going to go on? And he couches it in terms of, well, they have to want me back. Anyway, it's ridiculous. Don't play Aaron Rodgers for as a 10 handicap. That's pretty much outrageous. Cut five. Everything can't always be awesome. This is a quick note to my golf nerds on Twitter and the blogosphere and the podcastosphere, the no laying up guys and the barstool and the uh, foreplay guys. And I'm trying to think who else does podcasts. They were complaining about the relative lack of strength of field at this event. The AT&T, the iconic AT&T. Everything's not going to be awesome. All the time. A lot of the top players played Tory last week. They're going to take a break this week. They're going to be in force here in Phoenix this week at the Waste Management. I believe there's 23 out of the top 25. Everything can't always be awesome. Oh, we got to do something about this. How do we fix the field here? You're not going to fix it. It is what it is. Everything is awesome. It's not always awesome. Cut six. Rhymes with sucksore. File this one under first world problems or me looking a gift horse in the mouth, but let me tell you, do not, under any circumstances, ever book a room at the Luxor Hotel in Las Vegas, Nevada. It is a pile of shit that needs to be torn down. Once upon a time, okay, kind of cool. Look, it's a hotel shaped like a big gleaming black pyramid in the middle of the desert. Wow, look at that thing. And inside, it's hollow. The rooms are in the... Uh, edges of the pyramid. Well, guess what? Some, let's see, it was built, I think, in 87, I want to say. I could look it up, but why bother? About to go to bed here. Um, in the 40 years plus, let's call it, that, wait, 30, 35, carry the one, divide by two. In the 35 years since they said, let's do this, it's not a good idea. Mainly because little things are all it takes to piss off somebody who's staying there to say, never again am I going to come back. The elevators. The elevators in the Luxor are one-off elevators. They're custom. They go on an incline because the rooms are built into the sloped diagonal walls of the pyramid. So (laughs) there can't be another five buildings in the world that have elevators that run this way. So sure enough, as soon as I got you know to the hotel checked in, I noticed when you get on the elevator, in addition to the sign that said, hey, did you know you're going diagonally? Because we're a pyramid. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, great. I could just hear them rattling and clanking. It was like, I think I'm taking some, some mine shaft elevator up to my room. Because how many firms still maintain Like, what contract do they have to have with what mechanical services company to keep these things running? Well, sure enough, by the time I was leaving on Sunday, two of the elevators, which are inconveniently placed inside the pyramid, you have to walk 
way down one whole length of the pyramid, down another whole length, depending on where your room is. It's inconvenient as fuck. Two of the four elevators on one of the bays were out of service. So there was a huge backdrop in the morning just to go down to get a cup of coffee or a muffin or whatever. So I tell my bellhop two hours later when I'm leaving for the airport, let's go to the other bank of elevators because that bank has two of them out. Well, we get there and there's already a group of like seven people waiting for an elevator. Fuck. Finally, my bellhop is like, okay, pro move. Let's hit up. We'll grab an up elevator that's probably empty and we'll just ride it all the way up and then back down again. So sure enough, we ride it up to 15 from floor nine. The person on 15 who wanted to go down looks at the full elevator with my luggage and everything else and says, fuck, doors close. This repeats itself on the 14th floor, the 11th floor, the 9th floor, and the 7th floor, every step of the way, leaving a bunch of people pissed off like, oh, God, can you believe it? Finally got down to the lobby. It's just not, no. Excalibur, knock that down. Luxor, knock that down. You guys had your day, but it it's over. Oh, one last thing. <laughs> dogs. The Luxor apparently allows dogs. That's great. Well, how can you be against dogs, Abe? I'm not. I love dogs. I have a dog. But guess what? I don't want dogs in the hotel. There's a reason that hotels, for the most part, draw the hard line of we don't care how much deposit you're willing to pay or how small your dog is or how much you promise to be clean. We're not bringing animals into a nice hotel. I saw a guy walking his pit bull down the, down the uh, carpeted hallway. I'm like, okay. Do I have anything against pit bulls? No, not per se. Caesar Milan rescues them. They seem like, for him, they're nice dogs. But they're scary as shit for a lot of us. So, yeah, not the best thing ever. Cut seven. Kyrie to the Mavericks. Wow. It's going to take a couple days to fully digest this one. But, one, it's remarkable they can still move Kyrie Irving, a human cancer, on any team he joins now, to anybody, anywhere. But... On paper, him and Luca, holy shit, maybe this will be the spark that takes Mark Cuban right to the NBA Finals. The second thing is, yes, Kyrie is a cancer, and he is a bad person, I think, at heart. But when it comes to the Nets, he didn't know them anything because they fucked him on the whole COVID thing. They did not back their guy on COVID. And it turns out he and everyone else who said, you know what? No, we're right. Cut nine. You'll never learn if you don't play. Several of, uh, several times over the weekend in Vegas, some of my boys, uh, Jimmy Two-Thirds and uh, Kurt Schwey. By the way, Jimmy Two-Thirds, <laughs> I call him that because he was doing well at roulette. And he was bragging about his strategy, which was to play two-thirds of the board. So you can do that in roulette. You can play the first, the first set of numbers. They divide it three ways, the bottom of the grid. And he was doing pretty well. And he had double the amount on one of the thirds and then not so much on the other. And he said when the one with the double hit, he would then flip the double to be on the other one. He would just leave the one open. And was doing well so far. He's like, I think I got it figured out. And I'm like, okay, you're an idiot because look at that third green spot on the roulette wheel. He's like, whoa, the thing that's got the Luxor uh, logo on it? I'm like, yep. Now look on the wheel. Oh, there's the spot. 
They have three green spots that are distinctly bad for the player and great for the house. Zero, double zero, and now a logo green spot. I'm like, they're doing this because they can. It keeps giving them an advantage to the house. And my boy Jimmy was like, oh, really? And I go, yeah. I said, you know, double zero. I don't even know when double zero was introduced. But traditional roulette only had one zero back in the day. Uh, my buddy Cowboy Mike swears that in Europe, their roulette over there only has one zero. Odds are different. Payouts may be different, but that's the way they roll. Maybe it's a state requirement or you know, uh, a national laws that you cannot do that. But in America, you can make any game you want. You don't have to play it if you don't want, but three, that's greedy right there. Anyway, my point is I'm playing blackjack. I'm playing craps, and Kurt's with me, and so is Jim, and they weren't playing, and I'm playing a $15 a hand table, which is a low amount for craps, and I was just playing the pass line, not even backing it with odds, which was dumb, I know. But that's just how I play, 15 bucks, and I sit there and I watch them roll and I chirp and I maybe play a hard way, eight, hard six for a dollar, no harm, no foul. You can go a long way. You can play a long time, be at the table, meet, meet some interesting people. It's a good good game to play. And they're standing there at two open spots, and they go, why aren't you playing? Get your dollars out and get in the game. Oh, I don't know how to play. Like, okay. So, but I'm watching, though. I'm learning by watching. Go, no, 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 no. I tried that for a while with craps because I was right where you were. I was like, oh, it looks intimidating. I don't get it. It wasn't until I started playing that you finally learn. You got to get in there. Find a low limit table. Get in there and play. Same story repeated uh, later that night on the mechanical ponies. We sit down. It's a dollar a a race minimum. Big deal, right? Put a 20 in. Start betting the ponies. I hit a couple nice payoffs, like a 12 to 1, 14 to 1. Uh, all the other people around the pony machine were like, how'd you do that? I haven't hit a winner all, all night. And I'm like, I don't know. And again, I look over at Kurt, and he's like, I'm like, why aren't you playing? He goes, I don't know how to do this. I go, get in there. You won't know until you play. That applies to horses, craps, everything. You won't know until you're in there. All right, 39 minutes in. I got to go to bed. I still have Jim Beheim to body bag for being just an old, cranky asshole who should have retired a long time ago, but says he may probably come back again next year because they're too scared to fire him up there in Syracuse despite the fact he hasn't had a good team in seven years, and he wants the money. What a dick. I got Dion saying no to nil scammers that want to come to his program. This is a funny sort of thing that I thought, well, now he's going to find out who's really in it for the money and who really wants to play for him and good old Colorado. There was a Romo intervention by CBS that uh, came out on Friday. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about the Brady one-day home or one-day retirement as a Patriot. Dumbest thing ever. We can talk about that, but apparently that's now a thing. The one thing I'll end on, which we have to make happen, Donna Kelsey, mother of Travis and Jason. Two brothers playing against each other in the Super Bowl. That has never happened before in the history of this incredible game. There's apparently apparently a petition out there to get her to do the honorary coin toss. 
I mean, come on, NFL. If you don't make that happen, what are we even doing here, as the saying goes? This has to happen. It would be epic. The old half-and-half jersey, Mama Kelsey there flipping the coin, and the only thing that I require if this happens is that whoever loses, the Kelsey brother who loses must say clearly and loudly in front of the mics, Aww, Mom! All right, that'll do it for me. Thanks for listening. Thanks for putting up with the late night. Just got in off a plane in my parents' condo podcast. I'll try to put more polish and shine on this tomorrow, but in the meantime, have a great Monday. Super Bowl week is here, and we will see you next time. Make March Madness a moneymaker with MyBookie. Getting started is easy. Visit MyBookie online and use promo code ZABE to receive a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Grab your extra funds now and for a limited time, claim a free entry into the $150,000 MyBookie Madness Bracket Contest for a chance at the big money. If you're the type of guy who likes to fill out multiple brackets to get an advantage, you can do that too. The price of entry is less than an Uber, all for a shot at life-changing amounts of moolah. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and simple to win and simple to get paid, like MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.